Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back, ladies, to Girl Water Your Grass. This week, we have a very special guest on tap for you. I would like to introduce to you the founder of One Girl Revolution. And Kate, we are so blessed to have you here with us today and just so excited about um, just collaborating and seeing how we can all help make this world a better place with each other. So welcome to Girl Water Your Grass, Kate. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and so excited to be a part of your awesome podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, this is so fun. So for those of you guys who don't know, Kate and I actually go way, way back. (laughs) We went to college together and it's so funny how people kind of drift off. You kind of don't really necessarily stay in big touch post-college and then they randomly start getting on your radar again. And you kept showing up in social media and just random things. And I was like, what is she doing now? And I saw One Girl Revolution and immediately said, okay, we've got to get her on here. This is amazing. So I'm just so excited to have you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. And it's funny. Like I, I think about that sometimes with social media, cause I think a lot of times it gets a negative rap, right? Because we spend so much time on it, so much time scrolling, but it's been such a gift to stay in touch with people. And even if you don't talk for a while, you can kind of keep track of what people are doing. And then there are opportunities like this that pop up that you might not have thought about had we not kind of all been on one, one another's yeah. radar. So it's so great. Amazing. It really is amazing. And we're just, um, you know, we're all kind of have the same spirit of bettering humanity essentially. Mm-hmm. And so really just hearing what you're doing with your, um, with your platform and how it's growing and the, just the changes you're making in the world, it's just incredible. And yeah. We always talk about, you know, getting out of competition and into collaboration. And we're just so honored and blessed to have you here today and, and see where the Lord might unite all of our efforts in collaborating to do those things. So tell us a little bit about your dream and what you're doing with One Girl. Yeah. Tell people sure. who don't know anything about you. Give us a little backdrop. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I am, I'm from Michigan originally. Um, I live in Detroit now and love the city. Detroit has always been to me it's always just been a beacon of hope a lot of times people think about Detroit as being this like I don't know grungy city but to me it's always been like the perfect mix of beauty and grit um, which I think is the embodiment of women right like we're so beautiful but we're also gritty and resilient and strong Mm. so I had left Michigan after college for like 10 years moved around went and got um, a master's degree in Dublin Ireland and studied public affairs and political communication. So I wanted to get into PR, moved to DC, worked in media for a bunch of years. And then about two and a half years ago, I moved back to Michigan, back to Detroit. 
And I started reading this book about the city of Detroit. And I had always had this idea for one girl revolution, but I didn't know what it would be. I was like, it was just this heart dream, you know? And I thought maybe it would be like a school program where I went and spoke to girls in high schools and middle schools and empowered them to find their voice and find their passion and their dreams. So I'm reading this book about Detroit and I stumble upon Father Gabriel Richard from he's from Detroit and he wrote two phrases that are in Latin that are on Detroit's flag and still today it's the motto of Detroit which is um, we hope for better things it will rise from the ashes, meaning Detroit. So Mm. we hope for better things, no matter what Detroit's gone through, there's always hope. And no matter what, it will rise from the ashes. And the moment that I read those two phrases, I was like, I know exactly what One Girl Revolution is supposed to be. I know it's supposed to be a platform, a social platform and podcast that tells the stories of everyday women who are changing the world through their lives. So Hmm. I just, it was at that moment that I was like, I got to figure out how to do a podcast. I had no idea, which I know you both have gone through. It's like, you have this idea of how do you make it happen? And then, um, so it's been a two year journey of building this platform and we've now added video elements and still doing the podcast to hit a hundred episodes, hundred different women, all different ages, all different backgrounds, all different zip codes all across the country that are doing incredible things to change the world through their lives. So amazing. So do you all release one episode a week? Is that how you, how? Yeah. So the podcast is one episode a week and then kind of in between that, now I'm starting to do these video elements. So we actually filmed a short documentary last year, right before COVID amazingly um, of Uh, the stories of women within Cook County jail. So I went down to Chicago and Mm -hmm. interviewed incarcerated women about their lives and their purpose. I think a lot of times that's a forgotten about population. And that's actually my favorite stories for one girl are the stories of forgotten about people or forgotten about populations. So we've done a lot on indigenous women and like the murdered and missing indigenous women and that genocide that's going on. And then incarcerated women. I think it's something that we're fascinated by, obviously in the culture, you know, orange is the new black and some of these shows, people are fascinated by it, but no one's actually giving Mm. these women the space to speak and giving them the space to actually know their value and their purpose. And no matter what we've done, no matter what we've been through, our life has value and purpose. And that's really what one girl is about you know, elevating those stories. What has been one of the most inspirational stories you've heard or one of the stories that, you know, just really touched your heart, touched Mm -hmm. like whether it was inspiring or not, but something that just hit home for you. That's a great question. And there are so many, there are so many that come to mind. Um, I think I'll tell you two, two that have really touched my heart in a really special way. And they're, to me, they're kind of on different sides of the age spectrum. Um, one is this little girl, Ruby Kate from Arkansas, and she was nine years old and would go with her mom to a senior living facility. Her mom's a nurse and, um, would take, Ruby with her and Ruby just started befriending all the people in the senior living facility and interviewing them and just like getting to know their stories and their lives. And she started realizing that a lot of them had just little things that they missed, right? Like they didn't have family members coming to visit them sadly, or didn't have people bringing their little treats or things that they loved. And sometimes the facility would like help try and get those things. But Ruby started an organization called three wishes for Ruby's residents. And so she interviews people in senior living facilities and now it's grown all across the country. It's based in Arkansas, but people are doing it all across the country where they find out what 
these elderly people want? Like if they had three wishes, what would it be? And then they grant those wishes and it could be anything from, you know, they love the movie Dumbo and they really miss it and they want to watch it. Or they love Coca-Cola and glass bottles, or one of the women wanted to go to a wedding. So she hadn't been to a wedding in years. And this is a quick, again, before COVID, <laughs> um, but they helped figure out, they helped raise money and helped her get to a wedding and she got a beautiful dress and all the things. So that was one that really uh, struck a chord with me. And then the other one is Miss Willa Johnson, who's down in Athens, Texas. So I thought it was Athens, Georgia when I first connected (laughs) with her, but Athens, Texas, which is a really poor community in Texas. And she has a catering company Mm -hmm. and that funds her ability to go and feed poor children during the summers or during like Christmas breaks. Anytime there's breaks, a lot of these kids are not being fed because they're not going to school and being fed in that way. Um, And so she has a food truck and she drives around neighborhoods during school breaks. And she has these beautiful home cooked meals. And she always talks about how her meals are made with sugar, butter, and love. Um, And so I got to actually go down to Texas about a year ago and spend the day with her and go from door to door. And it was just so beautiful. These kids, hundreds of kids are like running out, Miss Willa, Miss Willa, Miss Willa. Um, And so those are two stories of people that I think a lot of times we think that we have to start something really big. Like we have to start a big organization or we need to raise a bunch of money to do something to make a difference. And these are two women that in my mind, they just went with what they had, you know, they don't have to, you don't have to have a lot to make a difference. That is amazing. I have such a heart for the elderly. When I was living in Nashville, um, all this stuff pre-COVID, we used to get to go uh, get some friends. We'd go in there and just go and play for them and, um, and just play music and sing and, and they loved it. And it was amazing how the littlest things can bring such delight you know, to the elderly. And I love that, that sweet little girl. (laughs) Yeah. It's so sweet. And even like during COVID, she was, she was doing like mail, like getting people to write cards and send them to your local senior living facility or like for all the parents. I mean, one thing that one girl has been doing over the past year is encouraging people, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, find ways in your own community that you can be of service and that you can make a difference. And so Ruby was like encouraging people to call their local senior living facility and see what they needed or get the names of a couple people and send them just random little cards. Like we all love that. I love getting, oh my gosh, yes. so it's like, imagine if you were, you know, somebody who didn't have a family that came to visit and you got a little card or families with where their kids are at home, like have your kids sit around for an hour and color some pictures and send them mm-hmm. those little things matter. Yes. And I'm sure on, on that flip side too, what a gift for those children with Miss Willis, you know, to have Miss Willis or Willa, with Willa, yeah, <laughs> Willa, you know, to, to have, um, there's something so beautiful. I think when you, when you have, when you put people together, you know, whether it's older and younger, or there's just such beauty that can come out of that. Well, what about, um, what has been kind of the long-term dream for this? Has it grown as you've gone along? Did you, when you started it, did you know where you were going with it? How has it developed? And has it changed along the way? I would love to hear about how, you know, sometimes our paths change as you go. Yeah, yeah no, that's a, that's a really great question. And I think it, my, my 
idea for one girl always was big. Like the second that I knew that it needed to be this platform, I always had big dreams, hopes and, and goals for it. Um, but it definitely has evolved. And there are so many things that have happened over the past two years that I never, ever could have fathomed. And I think a lot of times it was just because I was literally putting one foot in front of the other. And it's a lot of work, like any of this kind of stuff, even a podcast, people don't realize how much work it is. Um, and then you're running social media. I know I'm like preaching to the choir here because you both are going through that, but it's like, it's a lot of work. And, um, but I literally just would like put one foot in front of the other. And I was like, there were times where I didn't really know where it was going. Um, but I just was like, I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And one story led to the next. And, um, so I always had my vision for it always was video was always to be like a video series, a film series. So I still, that's still on my radar. I'd love to do a series for a Netflix or something mm -hmm. like that, or maybe it's just on YouTube right now. We have the one documentary and we're working on a second um, which is really exciting. And then I hope that that continues to grow. Um, and so there's a production company called Behold out of Chicago that have dedicated their time um, to make a couple of short films for one girl because they really believe in the mission. So I'm so grateful for them. But I think it's just, it just speaks to the fact that if you have a dream, things are going to, if you, and you're willing to do the work, things will will open up and like, you'll, you'll have opportunities that you might not have ever fathomed. Um, mm -hmm. and people will see your vision. I think when I first started one girl, people were like, why would you do that? Like, why isn't it, they want to fit it in boxes. I think yeah. with women, a lot of times, and maybe just in the world in general, we all want to put one another in boxes. So for a lot of people, they were like, okay, well, you know, Kate went to Franciscan university, so it should be this way. And it was like, no, I want it to be, I want all women to have a space. I want to focus on our commonality. We're not going to talk about politics, which made people's heads explode. Cause I, I actually worked <laughs> in PR for, um, in the political realm for a couple of years, but I was like, no, let's focus. There's so much competition and there's so much divisiveness and division. Let's focus on commonality. But now it's kind of come full circle where people are starting to see they're like, Oh, now I get it. Like now I see when they saw the girl inside the documentary, they were like, Oh, now I get it. Then they listened to a podcast episode. Oh, now I get it. So people are starting to get it, which is exciting. Um, and so, yeah, but then things, other things I know that I mentioned to you before that good morning America is doing an entire segment on yeah. one girl revolution. And that's something that I could have only fathomed. Like I, people work their entire lives and careers for something like that, but it just goes to show that this platform matters and women's voices matter. Um, so yeah, I don't really know where one girl is going to go from here. Um, I have big hopes and dreams. I want to do more videos. I want to continue doing the podcast. I have a dream for opening up a creative collaborative, collaborative space in Detroit. So that's one thing that I'm kind of working on now is trying to figure out if that's possible and how that could actually really benefit the community um, and be an embodiment of what One Girl Revolution is to me, which is giving people the platform and the space to use their voices and tell their stories. But then, as they say, empowered women empower women. So if you can empower a couple of women, it can empower yeah. an army. Um, so that's really kind of where I'm where I'm working towards. So cool. And just first of all, congratulations. I mean, Thank obviously so it's, it's your dream, but it's the hard work come to fruition. So it's not either or it's both and that we talk a lot about here is, you know, you have to have the dream and God puts those dreams on our heart. And then you have to do the work because God can't even, not even God can drive a parked car. Right. Exactly. And so you have put in the work and you have gone after even whenever it may have been challenging that 
people didn't know what you were doing and didn't understand it, but we always say clarity comes with action. And sometimes you have to pivot and change, but it's just such an honor to witness and to be part of just seeing all the great that you're doing in the world. And just, um, I mean, everybody knows Cook County Jail. You remember the fugitive? Harrison Ford was held up in the Cook <laughs> County Jail, right? So, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that. And just, it's so interesting too, that you're talking about working with incarcerated women. I, I had an experience back years ago where I went to a jail to interview people and I actually got assigned to a guy that had done probably every crime in the book. And just at the heart of these people is goodness. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're broken like we all are and, and acted out of their brokenness. And if we can just meet them where they are and just love people, like you said, and find the commonalities and really pour into them because they are so starving for attention and for truth and beauty and goodness, because in all of us is, is goodness. And, and just try to help show them the love that they're seeking. I think we can make a big difference on those people, not, not acting out of their wounds, but acting from the place of love. So did you feel like, you know, as you were there, I'm sure you have so many interesting stories from there, but did you see so much goodness in those women that they just really need other people to see in them. Yeah. I think that one thing, and I didn't mention this before, but there's, there's an openness that I think I also, that has also led me so much on this path where I've just strived to be open to whatever I'm supposed to learn from each and every one of these women. Of course you always go, you always have ideas. You see, read a story about somebody and you have ideas about who they are as a person And Cook County is the greatest example of that because I'd worked for nine months. It took me nine months to get clearance, to take a film crew. I mean, we, it was crazy. The stuff that we, that I was asking of them. And then the five women that you see in the girl inside were in max, 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 max security. And so they'd done some terrible things. Um, And we didn't focus on that in the documentary because it was important to me to show their value and their purpose. And no matter what you've done, they all recognize that there was a reason why they were, they were there and they owned up to it. There was a reason why they're there, but to see how this transformation had happened in their lives, just being behind behind bars. You know, we always think about like how that must be so suffocating to be behind these walls and to be, to be behind bars. But these women talked about the freedom that they found. There's a a beautiful line in the documentary that we captured where one of the women talked about how she was an empty shell when she got to Cook County and then found herself. She was like, I found who I was meant to be. This is me. This is who I'm supposed to be. And so they had these very transformative experiences and it changed my life. And I think that my openness to them and their stories, but vice versa. I mean, these women were crying, talking to me about how they loved that, that we used the word girl because it reminded them of when they were little girls and what they, that there were no bounds to what they could do and what they could accomplish. And something had happened in their lives or in the world that led them down the path that they currently are on, but they wanted to remember that little girl. And that that conversation alone changed my life that day. Um, because I had never really, I mean, I thought about that, I guess, with regards to the use of the word girl, and some people don't like that. Some people want to use the word woman and that's fine. But when, when they spoke about that, that changed the way that I think about one girl revolution. And that's something that I never could have fathomed. And I don't think that anybody else could have opened my eyes to that. Like these women did. So that's so interesting that you say that. Are you familiar with, um, Maria's song that she wrote called Little Girl. I am. Yeah. I mean, it just is like keeps coming to mind. And for yeah. our listeners out there, if you don't know that, Maria is so humble about 
her music, but she is beyond a gifted musician and just pouring out that gift to the world. It's just such a gift of humanity. And the song we actually opened this podcast up with, if you, if you don't know, was written and recorded by her. It's called um, Making Me New, but check out His Own Little Girl. It will literally bring you girl. to tears. It is unbelievable. And it just reminds me of those women, like taking them back to the little girl that they are and asking the Lord to birth them into new life. Like it's time for you to go out. So just just the connections here are just so ordained and it's just so amazing to see. Um, I guess I would ask you like through this process, who do you feel like you've become through the process for you? Oh, that's, that's a great, that's a very great, that's such a great question. Um, I think it's definitely taught me so much about my own life and helped me to heal a lot of wounds too. Cause I'm talking to women that have gone through a lot. And I suffered a lot when I was younger, I have a really rare immune deficiency. And it was kind of only recently that I connected the dots where I was like, Oh my gosh, um, I know what it feels like to be bullied in school. I know what it feels like to be silenced. I know what it feels like to have no voice. Cause there was a period of time in school where I wouldn't raise my hand. Cause I had terrible eczema, like all over my skin. And so I was so self-conscious that I just, I was like, I would go to school and I wouldn't speak. And I was this fiery little kid. Like my parents would talk about how I was either going to be when I was four years old, my parents would say that I was either going to be the CEO of a fortune 500 company or the dictator of a small nation because, because I would just like boss my siblings around in like in a nice way and a big sister way. Um, but then I became this little, like wilted flower that wouldn't speak. And so it was like, something's wrong. And a lot of things had, my parents were very involved. And so they were like, something's wrong. We got to, I did Irish dancing that helped like open up my world again and bring me back to who I was created to be. But, um, I think it's helped me to see those things in my own life, things that I needed to heal from, but also to see my own power and my own resilience that like all of these women, we've all been through something. We've all come through, hell and back. We've all risen from the ashes, like Detroit. Mm -hmm. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what we've been through, it just is, it's, it's fueled my fire even more on that. And like fueled me thinking about how resilient and powerful and amazing women are. And truly we have the power to change the world through our lives, each and every one of us. And I don't think that we talk about that enough. And I don't think that we own mm -hmm. that enough. And I definitely don't every single day. I have to remind myself of that that we, we were called here for a purpose and we have, there's a reason why we're here. We're as unique as our fingerprints. You know, if we really believed that we would live our lives totally different. So hmm. yeah, it's opened up my life. It's seriously, it's changed. It's changed my life, but I would just go back to like that openness. I think if we're open to whatever life is trying to teach us or God or whatever you believe that, you know, our, our life will be transformed more than we could ever imagine. So we have two last questions for you. Um, one, what would you say to the girl out there or the woman <laughs> who she has a dream on her heart? She has a desire to do something, but it just doesn't seem like she doesn't really know how or what to do. And it just seems too big. What would you say to her? I would say go for it. Uh, I think about I, one of my favorite people to follow is Sarah Blakely, the founder of yeah. Spanx. Um, and I love following her on Instagram. Everybody should follow her. She's so inspirational, but I think about her story so often. And she was just this 
girl that was working a job she didn't like. We all have gone through that or are going through that right now where you're like, kind of like, okay, I have this big dream, but I have to work, you know, to pay my bills. And that's what I've done throughout one girl. You know, I've never stopped working. I still have been working and then driving the stream forward, which has been chaotic at times, but go for it. And you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to hustle to get it done. But like, don't be afraid of failure. I think a lot of times we talk ourselves out of things um, because we're scared we're scared of what is to come. And I think particularly women, we are almost too cautious because especially single women, we want it. We're like, well, we're, I'm going to have to like pay for my bills and nobody's there. And so I think, um, yeah, it's good to be prudent, but it's also, there comes a point in your life where it's like, will I, will I regret not taking this risk or not jumping. So, um, I would say go for it. And then secondarily, I think about Sarah Blakely because as she was having these dreams and thinking of her ideas for Spanx, and she always had all these other business ideas she wanted to do. She always kept a journal with her notebook with her. And so it just a little one, she'd put it in her purse or in her pocket or whatever. And anytime she had an idea, she would write it down and it could be a big, crazy dream, or it could be a quote that inspired her or something. And she, now she'll show once in a while on Instagram, she'll go back through all these like dream journals and she still does it to this day. So I've started doing that and I haven't really gone back through and like looked at over the past couple of years, but once in a while I'll like stumble upon it and it gives you so much perspective for how far you've come. But it also, I think kind of puts your dreams out into the universe and like helps you kind of, yeah, dream more. So There's Go for it and dream. power in that writing down. When I was in college, I was a freshman and I was sitting in a really boring psychology class. <laughs> and I remember write, writing down, this is probably one of the first days of school. And I remember writing down a list of all the things that I wanted to do, places I wanted to go, people I wanted to meet, things I wanted to experience. And, and I had it written down. And then I kind of, every once in a while I would reference it. And then honestly, I kind of, it got tucked away in my school stuff, you know, graduated, forgot. It was years later when, when I was moving, it was probably about six years later. And I, I was moving and going through old, old boxes and I found that list. And what was amazing, everything on there, except for maybe two things, three things had been done. And so there is so much power in writing those things down. It is powerful. So I love that you said that. And last question that we would love for you to share with the audience is what advice would you give for them to water their grass this week, this month, this year? I would say, yeah, I would say just keep being you and recognize your purpose and give yourself space and time. I think we, a lot of times get so busy with life, whether you're a mom and you're dealing with kids or you're taking care of the house and and I'm trying to do this myself where it's like you give your space, yourself space to dream and to think and to really think about pray, whatever, whatever you want to do to sit and just be, um, because I think that that's where your dreams really get laid on your heart. And that's where it really can come to fruition. And so I've started recently, like once a month, not even a lot, once in a month, just going to a coffee shop that I love sitting there getting a latte, whatever you want to do. And just sitting there and reading or writing or like not being on social media, not sitting there on, on, you know, LinkedIn or Instagram or anything else. Don't fret. We're always like working and fretting so much. So I would just say to all your listeners, give yourself space to be and be who you were created to be. And if you just need something, if you're 
sitting there and you don't know what to do, look at your fingerprint and recognize that you are as unique as your fingerprint and you are giving a, given a purpose that is that unique. And so find that purpose and chase your dreams. So good. Kate, <laughs> you are just a gift and it's just so exciting. Yes. Just being still and being present in the moment. It's just such a gift to be still. And I think it's something in our culture we have so much trouble with today. So just so much goodness and so many pearls of wisdom wrapped up today. And it's just been such a gift to have you here. To our listeners, check out One Girl Revolution. It truly is amazing. And this girl is out here doing the thing. She is changing the world and she has blessed us. And I know it's blessing you all today. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Girl Water Your Grass. Like, share, download, leave us a review and um, check out our website, girlwateryourgrass.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter. So Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Bye.